Hi guys, and welcome back to Midday Match with Livy. Clearly, I am fucking Livy. As you know, we have a week in my life update. Okay, I've been having an off week, a kind of like, mm, not the, I'm not gonna say not the best week because amazing things have happened and I gotta drop that episode with my mom, which was great. But at the same time, like, I've just been feeling off. And I was with my cousins yesterday and they were also like, yeah, I've been feeling off as well. And I was like, okay, so maybe it's not just me. And every time I call my mom and I'm like, mom, I'm just feeling like a little sad today. I'm feeling a little off today. She's always like, it's the moon, Livy. It's the moon. So um, it really could be the moon. I would have no fucking idea, but I don't think it's the moon. But what I do know is just I've been feeling fucking off. Like I've been crying a lot more than usual. I'm a cancer, so I'm a very emotional ass bitch. But like I've been crying even way more than what a normally like I would cry or anything like that. I don't know. I always feel like it's good to cry and let out your emotions. Like who are you trying to impress keeping in those emotions? You're just hurting yourself in the long run. You're like, what the fuck? I'm really going to try and not edit this week's podcast. Let's do a midday matcha uncut, okay? So you might hear me say things that could probably eventually get me in a lot of trouble just because of how fucking vulgar I am and that I really hold nothing back. But you know what? I don't want to edit this week's episode. I just want to give you guys an uncut version of myself. So there's that. Also, I'm fucking human. That's another thing about this week. So if you're like, why are you crying? Why are you feeling that way? Bitch, I'm fucking human. It's okay to cry. I feel like for a really long time, I just suppressed my emotions. And I don't feel like that was the best thing I could have done because they all just hit me at once. And I was like bawling my fucking eyes out on the L. Like, that's not great. That's not healthy. Really? I bet you guys can hear that the fucking air went on because this new microphone picks up everything. But who gives a fuck? Let's back to me. Back to the main fucking topic over here. Okay. Last week's response to the episode was holy fucking amazing. You guys are awesome. It is so crazy and insane how many of you reached out to me and I loved hearing everyone's story and I loved hearing everybody's like feedback on that. That was fucking awesome. So thank you guys so much for all that. And, and wow, like all I can say is fucking wow. So <laughs> to segue into the rest of my week, you know, I was out and about at the clubs, um, my bad, at the bars, and I really don't want to go to a club right now. It just is like corona season. I was at the bars and just having fun, living my best life like I do. I'm seriously not going to sing again. I know I always say I won't sing again, but like I'm actually not going to sing again. Um, I huh, told you guys I cut off the one boy. We're still friends. It's not that intense. I just cut him off because we both wanted different things and that's completely fine. Okay. 
No issue with that. As soon as I did that, an old memory of one of my fling flings popped back into my head. And he's one of my fling flings where it's like, why the fuck can I not stop thinking about you? Oh my God, it's crazy. (laughs) No, but seriously, it like drives me actually fucking insane that I can't stop thinking about him. And I've definitely done my research on it. I've definitely talked to my psychic about it. I've definitely done all the precautionary measures I needed to take as to why I was thinking about him. And I I came to the conclusion that we're going to get married. I know you're like, what do you, Livy, what? What do you mean? What do you mean you're going to get married? I really think that this kid could be my husband. And I know I'm only 21. (laughs) And I don't want to get married anytime soon. But, you know, I just think I have some unfinished business with the kid. I think we still need to explore some things and explore each other and the relationship a little bit deeper and I'm going to do that but I have like a set plan of how I'm going to do that and when I'm going to do that but yeah like I can't stop (laughs) can't stop thinking about him I knew it was a problem when I was fucking the other guy and he popped into my head um anyways yeah not proud of that one actually like I really don't hope oh Livy might have to make cuts on this podcast. But yeah, so other than that, I've been feeling pretty good this week. Nothing too exciting has happened. I've just been working a lot on the podcast. Oh my God, I've been really into mukbangs, like watching a mukbang. If you guys don't know what it is, it's watching people eat. Fucking love that shit. I don't know why, but like I'm going to start filming those because I love those. Okay, you guys, that was my week. Now we're going to jump into the episode a lot of you don't know this but i used to live in california i know you're like why have we never heard of it because it emotionally scarred me to a point where it made me want to jump off a fucking bridge i'm actually not even being sarcastic actually so i want to tell you guys about california because this is what i view to be as my biggest failure in life but this huge failure as i looked at it was actually my biggest blessing because it opened doors that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware were going to be open, obviously. But it was something so heartbreaking and terrible that happened. But at the same time, it was something I got over and I got through. And um, and now I'm just on the other side living my best fucking life. But yeah, I'm going to tell you guys about my California story. So my, going into my freshman year of college, I took a trip to California with a friend and we were there for like a week and a half and I it was like a comedy trip too so by that I mean like we went to a bunch of comedy clubs we looked at the comedy scene in LA and I fell in love now this is the point where I really fell in love with California and this is gonna sound a little bit fucking insane I was in my uber back home to LAX to go home back to Chicago and in that uber ride I had a really inspirational Uber driver and he was like, why are you guys out here? And we were like, oh, we took a trip because, you know, we're both comedians and we want to see the comedy scene. We're headed into our freshman year of college as comedy writing and performance majors. And he's like, you're going to a university for comedy writing and performance. And we were like, 
Yeah, and he was like, that's the dumbest degree I've ever heard. And he, honest to God, isn't wrong. But just hearing that, you're like, wait, what? And he's like, the only way you get better at what you want to do is getting on a stage and actually doing it. It's not about sitting in a classroom taking notes. And I was like, oh my God, it was like an epiphany to me. Did I use that word right? Whatever. It made me realize a bunch of shit in that moment. And I was like, he's right. Like, he's so completely right. He's like, the more time you guys spend in school taking notes, your competition is just getting better and better. And I was like, oh my God, this man is so right. I need to up and move my life to California. In that moment, I felt so much motivation and heart. And I was like, by heart, I mean like my heart was in it all, I guess. And I was like, I need to get up and I need to move to California and I need to be productive about my dreams. Like if I want my dreams to become a reality, I'm moving to California because this is where everything is. Like this is where a bunch of film and television opportunities are. This is where I need to be if I want to be at the top of my game pursuing my dreams in California. But of course, my mother was like, Livy, great dreams, but we did just pay for the first semester of freshman year of college. Like you have to go to that. And I was like, oh my God, this bitch, of course I do. But I understood because it's like, she just dished out $30,000 for me to go to art school. Like I had to fucking go to art school. And so at that point I dreaded going. I really didn't want to go. And California never left my mind. Every day, all I thought about was California. All I did was talk to people about California. I specifically remember like meeting guys and they were like, well, what's your dream? And I was like, well, actually, I want to move to California and pursue my dream of comedy out there. I don't want to be here whatsoever. And they're like, oh, okay, well, nice to meet you too. Um, But I was like so passionate and I just really wanted to move to California. And my mom was like, you know what? You want to do this so badly? I can't financially support you. I'm not in a position to support you financially out in California. Work, save your money, and move. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So my freshman year of college, I worked two jobs. I worked at a pizza shop. And if you guys have listened to my workplace episode where I talk about all the jobs I've been fired slash quit from, it's that pizza place as well as I nannied. So I'd wake up at five in the morning and I would go and nanny these kids until get them into school until like, I was probably done around like 8.30 and I'd get paid you get a paid a lot of money to nanny and like it's all cash and I saved every single fucking penny I made was I exhausted working two jobs while being in school yes but one thing I knew I wanted was California that was all I even cared about it was my sole purpose of waking up every single day I was like I'm going to move to California I'm going to make a name for myself and I'm going to follow my dreams so Literally the only thing I talked about, honestly, I had the only thing I cared about. I remember like talking with my friends that I did comedy with too. And even in my ensemble at Second City, I was like, well, my dream is to get up and move to California. I don't want to be here anymore. There's so much opportunity in California and I feel like I'm wasting my time in Chicago. Now let's pull it back from my perspective now. No, I don't think I was wasting my time in Chicago. I mean, I still had to complete my conservatory program and stuff like that. And that wasn't even something that I could get in until I was like 19 years old. So 
I think I was just so in love with California and just the opportunity of the opportunities California had for me. I mean, I think everybody knows it. If you're trying to pursue um, like a stand-up career in comedy, you go to New York. And if you're trying to be in like theater on the stage and stuff, that's New York. Or if you're writing for SNL, like that's New York. Comedy in California is mostly film, TV, and like st some stage comedy. They have some really great comedy schools. But I will say the main place for comedy to start off is Chicago. And I felt like I had done enough. I mean, I was in the teen ensemble. At that time, I was just like, I've done enough. But like, I mean, I was in teen ensemble. I had completed teen ensemble. And I was like, I'm so ready to get up and go. And so... In December, after my first semester, my mom came up to me because I wouldn't shut the fuck up about California. And she was like, listen, if you want to go to California, move. Go ahead and move. And I saved all my money. I think I had $7,000 in the savings account. At that time, I thought that was a lot of money. But now I look back and I was like, I could have saved a little bit more. But still, I saved $7,000 in that one semester and I booked my flight to California to stay with my best friend who lived out there and I was supposed to be there only two weeks and I never came home after that until like it all crashed and burned but we're not there yet so there I was fully living a dream that I had talked about so much which in that moment the pressure is so extreme too because you have everybody in your life knowing you just moved to California to pursue a dream and not only that like social media every single person knows that what I was doing that I was in California to pursue this dream I mean like I left friends I left my ex behind that was like my we were like a thingy thing but like still that was like really difficult because I was like oh my god I left it all I'm in California but I wanted it so fucking badly nothing was gonna stand in my way and it didn't I did go out there so I stayed with my best friend for what was supposed to be two weeks okay it turned into like two months while I was in the middle of looking for apartments I will say apartment hunting in California at the age of 18 by yourself had to be one of the most difficult things ever because I had no fucking idea where I was was at all and I had no idea like what I wanted what was a good neighborhood what wasn't a good neighborhood and it was terrifying and of course my best friend lived in like probably like the nicest apartment in West Hollywood in California so it's like you look at that and then you look at my budget and it was like two completely different worlds but also like my best friend and I were just having the time of our lives being out there together it was a lot of fun until it crashed and burned no that's still my best friend but I within two days of being out there I got a job at a juice bar and alkaline shop so alkaline water shop if you don't know what that is alkaline water basically is oh, it's fucking amazing after working there i literally won't drink anything but alkaline water it balances out your ph balances or your ph levels or whatever so it can give you um like less acidity in the body i don't know it has a bunch of fucking health benefits there's always famous people walking in and out but they also wanted me to be a barista and i was very vocal about the fact that i had never in my life made fucking coffees and they were like i would walk out with coffee all over my face like burn marks and um coffee stains all over my shirt because nobody told me you couldn't blend hot coffee without it exploding 
every time someone ordered a hot blended coffee, I was so fucking nervous. Like, I just had the fear in my head. I was like, holy fuck, like, here comes the third degree burn marks because I would burn the shit out of myself because I wasn't making the coffee. Co really, bitch? Because I was not making these coffees correctly. I literally had third degree burn marks. And imagine how confused the customers were when they see me in this white top. I'll wait. I'll fucking wait. I'm in this white top. I come back. I'm covered in coffee. I have coffee all over my face and I bring them up and I'm like this good. And they're like, yep. It was just a fucking shit show working there. The bosses were like really intense and it was very weird. It was like, why are we so intense? about an alkaline water shop like it was just to a point where I would get calls at like 11 30 at night about my smoothie making skills and I was like I gotta go I have a life you need to get the fuck away from me it was a little bit intense but I did have such a fun time with my best friend in California because that was her first year out there as well and then I came and it's like I had her. I will say we developed a really bad codependency on each other and that wasn't fun. And then there was some roommate situations with her that wasn't with her and her roommate that like I didn't want to be a part of, but like I ended up getting in the middle and I didn't love that. But like we would have parties all the time with because she was in a dance program with all her dance friends. And I still am actually I still talk to her dance friends now because that she did that program with because they're all just amazing, awesome people. And I loved being able to be out there with them as well, because we're all the same age. And it, I felt like it was very rare to see 18 year olds from all over the world from like different parts of the world be in california to pursue a creative dream i don't know maybe it's not that rare but like you just see a lot of older people in california all the time so at this point i was living i was having so much fun out there but you know it's like it comes to the real world like i had to pay my own rent i was not in school my mom was like i'm not gonna help with that much rent because you're not in school you are fully capable of paying your rent and she was right like i was but i was like working 40 hours at the fucking juice shop i should have got a better job i really should have and then i was applying for acting jobs as well while i was out there and this leads me to the commercial so i got a response back and they were like hey like we're shooting this commercial come to this address and you know we'd love to have you in it and me like I'm 18 I'm like oh my god it's my big break you know what I mean and I didn't have any and my best friend's like oh my god yeah like go you need to go because we didn't know it there could be anything sketchy and like California is kind of known for saying it's a commercial, but it's kind of a porn set and they try and get you to be a porn star, that whole thing. This whole time, I had no idea anything about that. I'm like, I have a commercial. She's like, you have a commercial. We're celebrating. I remember we went to a dinner before we went to the commercial. It was so much fun thinking I had booked this commercial. I remember I Ubered to the address and they were like, I was looking for it and I was searching and it led me to an alley. And I was like, oh, my intuition just kicked in. And I was like, turn around and go back home. Just turn around and go back home. 
And so I went back to my best friend's house and she was there with her cousins. And I remember they were like, oh no, Livy, that was going to be a porn set completely. So here I am thinking I had just booked this fucking commercial. In reality, I was about to be a porn star. And knowing me at 18 years old, I probably, I probably would have gave in. I, I can't lie. I mean, at this point, I probably would have gave in because it did get a little bit desperate in California. And I'm going to tell you all about how it got a little fucking desperate. But first, I want to tell you guys about my apartment, okay? So (laughs) this apartment was scary. So I got an apartment in Hollywood, and not the best area of Hollywood. I will say I was in a Spanish-speaking neighborhood, and I spoke no Spanish whatsoever. My apartment building was not safe and secure, and I lived in a really, really tiny um, studio apartment alone. And it was, like, really cute. But my neighbor was like a 50-year-old man who had mannequins that would open his door and like smoke cigarettes. It was kind of terrifying at 18 years old. Like he would like always look at me like walking by and stuff. It was just a little fucking awkward to like see him like dressing up his mannequins, smoking a cigarette, and I'm coming home from like a 10-hour shift at a juice bar that was illegally paying me under the table. And I was like already fucking exhausted. And there he was. I had to always worry about him because like he would keep his apartment door open. Nobody finds that weird. Like that's fucking bizarre. Why are you keeping your apartment door open? So not only did I smell like cigarettes all day, every day, which I fucking did. Oh, 100%. My neighbor above me had to be on fucking crack because I was not sleeping at night because I was hearing so much thumping from above me. Like, He was working out. He was doing something. It felt like he was just, I heard him running back and forth and it's such a small space. So like all I heard was him doing that all night, every single night. So I was not sleeping at all. Like I literally couldn't sleep. How the fuck are you supposed to sleep when someone's running a marathon above you? I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, yeah. So that wasn't the best. That wasn't an ideal situation for me, obviously. I think I had a cute little apartment for sure. But like the fucking neighbors in the neighborhood I was in was so goddamn bizarre and terrifying. I remember being scared every night coming home. And you never want to live like that. You really never do. Hence the reason I would be at my best friend so much. Also because like my best friend and I just had a really great time together as well. We'd go to the Grove every night. Oh my God, if you're not familiar with California, the Grove is probably like, it's like literally my favorite place. I remember one time I was looking at this really pretty diamond ring and my best friend was, it was like 60 bucks. And I was like, no, that's the money I put aside for groceries this week. And she was like, you can always make it back. So like, what were my spending habits? Great. No, not really. I decided to buy a fake diamond ring instead of food to nourish me for the whole fucking week. But it's fine as well as it was also really fun too because um my best friend had a friend at a college like an hour away so when you wanted to party with people and like go to kind of a college party they were like beach parties and it was really cool like it was really fun to even just see that experience as well as this is where california started to get really sad and pathetic (laughs) My sister, my oldest sister, oh, Kaylee, love her to death, decided to tell me the best way for me to make a lot of money quick was to be a waitress at a strip club. 
So what did Livy do? Livy took her resume to every single strip club in California and I lied on the resume and said I had previously been a stripper. I mean, I'd previously been a waitress at a strip club because my sister was a guest. This is what you need to do to make money. I literally went to like 15 to 15 different strip clubs, handed my resume, told them to call me. I was 18 years old. They were like, you can't even serve alcohol. And I was like, well, I've done it before. And I was like, I'm going to get a job at a strip club. Lo and behold, I got a job at a strip club. I went, dropped off my resume to them, and then I came back the next day because they had called me back and they were like, okay, you need to go buy a bra and you need to go buy fishnet leggings as well as are you comfortable with giving a blowjob shot? That's the most interaction you'll have with our customers. And I'm like, well, what is that? And they were like, basically I had to pop it. I had to put a balloon on the man, the men's lap and I had to pop it with my ass. Like I had to try my hardest to pop it with my ass. And then I think she told me I had to put the shot in my tits and he had to take the shot from my tits. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? But I was like, mm, desperate for money at the time. I'm like, this is perfect. I love it. I won't, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Um, so I went across the street on, to a store on Hollywood Boulevard. Mind you, this strip club was on Hollywood Boulevard. That speaks for itself. And I went and I bought that black bra and those fishnets and those shorts. Like I was genuinely half naked and they kept asking me if I was interested in dancing. And I was like, no, like I don't want to really dance. But like, again, it was a big accomplishment. I got the job. Me and my best friend celebrated again. We're like so happy I got at this job. I'm like, woo, I can quit the juice bar. I'm so fucking excited. I was going to be an 18-year-old strip club waitress, and, like, I was fucking thrilled. Anyways, um, the time comes for me to go in, and I went in, and the guy at the door was like, who would you interview with? And I was like, I fully had a sit-down interview in that strip club with Amanda, and he was like, we don't even have an Amanda that works here. And I was like, who the fuck did I interview with? So either I got the girl's name wrong or just some random bitch in a strip club was interviewing me to work at the strip club. But I took it as a sign from God, this isn't where I should be. Honest to God, I can't lie. I was so I probably would have became a stripper. I'm not gonna lie, I probably would have. I always had a I can dance. So I was like, you know what? I probably would have went to the point of fucking stripping. So I'm really glad that I didn't. But I actually still think that'd be kind of fun. Even to this day, I think it'd be a little bit fun if I was just a stripper for a week. Like, I just think that's like a great idea. Just for one week, I want to see what a stripper's life is like. So at this point, everything I have and everything I owned was shipped out to California because I did pack before I leave because I was planning to come back and just take it all back with me. But I loved California so much that I didn't want to leave. And then I had all my stuff in California. And then I started to get very sad because at 18 years old i'm alone in california i have my best friend yeah but like we both had lives of our own and like i had no family out there i had nothing my one job the juice bar was falling through and it was just it like, wasn't fun that i was working 40 50 hour weeks at a fucking juice bar when i came out there to be pursuing my comedy and i was barely pursuing my comedy 
So I was like, I was getting very upset. I was getting very emotional. It was very, so things were getting very bad. As soon as my job started to go, I was like, did I make the right choice? Am I doing the right thing? And then you get in your head. I was so stressed also from not sleeping because I had that crackhead neighbor and just the amount of stress and the amount of work I was putting in. I was like, this is getting fucking ridiculous. I just can't even like do it anymore. I was becoming depressed. I was becoming, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping and I was just becoming very sad. And my mom was like, okay, let's come home for a week. That's it. Like come home for a week and that's it. Cause you moved out there. You have a year lease. You're going to have to go back. And I went back to Chicago and I remember being with my mom and I like she just looked at me and was like what is wrong with you and I was like she didn't say it like that but like you could just see like I wasn't looking good like my hair was falling out of my head like uh, my nails were chewed I was just very 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 in a bad place because I felt like I was failing out there and I felt like I was headed back home and I was and I mean like I was 18 years old It's a lot to put on an 18 year old to work 40, 50 hours a week and pay all this rent and do all these things. And I'm not even doing what I love. That was my big thing is it's like, I'm not even out here doing what I love. I'm out here working at a fucking juice shop. I hate this. I blew through that savings with rent because rent is so expensive. You have to get first months, last months. And then like I was paying, I think $1,100 in rent a month. Yeah, on top of that, I have groceries. You have everything and it was just becoming too much. And so my mom was like, okay, then come home. And I was completely crushed and heartbroken, like completely heartbroken. And I came home and the next five months, I was so depressed. And here we go again, me talking about my depression. Are you guys over it or what? Okay. Literally not funny. That was just terrible. But I wouldn't talk about California to anybody. And I just like completely shut every single person in my life out. Besides my ex-boyfriend, he was the only one I opened up to about California. I would have panic attacks every single night. I will say like I was struggling to find a will to live because I had just completely felt like I had failed at my dream at 18 years old like you make a move that big and you come home from that move you just feel like a fucking failure and I'm like a perfectionist so I'm also just extremely hard on myself to begin with so like having to deal with coming home to me I just viewed it as like the ultimate failure like I was like I failed myself and I failed my dreams And I was like, I didn't work hard enough. I was caught up with the wrong like stuff. Like I shouldn't have been partying. I shouldn't have been having fun. And that's not true. I was 18 years old. I should have been partying. I should have been having fun. I should have been doing all that. Like you get to live once. And I was so hard on myself after I came back from California. Um, So I really only had my ex. And like there were nights that I wasn't sleeping because I would wake up and I would just have like so much anxiety and so much depression about how I failed out there. And like, I know for me to be like, I failed, I failed, I failed. 
in a reality, like I didn't fail, like that was a huge life lesson. But at that moment, this is what I felt. I had felt so defeated. I had felt so lost. I had felt completely empty because when you want something so badly, you get it, you're out there, you're doing it. And then it's just like, it doesn't go how you want it to go. It's so fucking brutal and heartbreaking. So it was really hard for me to get over California. I would say it took me like a full year to completely heal emotionally from it. And even now, like it still creeps up in the back of my head where like people are like, that's still in the back of your head. And of course that's in the back of my head. That was a huge move. That was a huge risk that I took and I felt like I fucking failed. Of course that's in my goddamn head. It lives in there sometimes. Now I can manage it a lot better, but like, yeah, no, that's in my fucking head for sure. How could it not be? But it doesn't stop me from living my life and going after my dreams now. Like it really doesn't. So even worse, oh my fucking God, I had to go back to California to get all my stuff. I had to go by myself. My mom booked me a flight, went out there, and then I had a flight in the morning and I had a flight at home. So to California and then back from California. And on that flight home from California, I had the worst anxiety of my entire life. I genuinely thought I was going to jump out the plane window. I kid you not. I was like, I'm going to open the thing and I'm going to fucking jump out because I'm just having so much fucking anxiety on the plane right now because it had just hit me that my life in California was over. Completely done and over and I was alone in that apartment packing up all my stuff and all I could think about on that plane ride home was me saying goodbye to an apartment I worked so hard for and I was crying because my savings account was empty there was going to be no Gucci purse no but like I was broken I was completely heartbroken that I had failed in California and so yeah the anxiety got really bad and I literally wanted to jump out the fucking plane because I was like I can't sit in here anymore it's get it's too uh, just you know anxiety cute little panic attack things um now I I don't talk about California much I don't ever really talk about it oh but I have sisters and I have family and I have everybody that loves to talk about how I failed in California I know I have like a really fucked up family can you imagine something so heartbreaking and cruel they're like oh remember when you went to California and it's like uh, <laughs> yeah no like I do it was really it was really hard and like the depression after like I barely made it through some nights but like huh, yeah I do remember going to California but like now I look back on it and I look at that like I don't think I can name one person in my life that would take a risk like I did and follow their dreams so wholeheartedly and passionately like I did. So everyone that makes fun of the fact that I went out to California and I did that, it doesn't really affect me anymore because I know that even on their best day, they wouldn't do something like that. And that's not any shade on them, but like, I did something not many people would ever do. It takes people lifetimes to actually like follow their dreams and do what they want to do and fully put themselves in their dreams. But like that wasn't me. I think every single time that it's came to my goals, my dreams and my passions, I have fully just put 100% of myself into that. And at this point, I think it's fucking admirable. And a lot of people wish they could do what I do. So I might have completely failed in California, but my comeback was so much better than my motherfucking setback. And also, I can live with the peace of mind knowing 
that I did it, that I tried and I failed, but I still fucking tried. I got up and I did something proactively to work towards bettering myself and my dreams. Did I fail? Yeah, but did I get the fuck up and put on a show, write, direct, and produce a show? Less than a year later? Yeah, no, I still did that too. Yes, that less than a year and a half later, did I also make a conservatory program? Yeah, no, I also did that too. So even though that setback was so major, the comeback that I've had has been remarkable. Woo, look at me. I'm just hyping the fuck out of myself. No, but it's true, but I don't regret it. Like I used to regret California so much. Like what if I just had never went? Like if I never went, I wouldn't have been feeling this. Fucking feel the pain, feel the disappointment, feel the failure because that is what fueled the fire for me to get the fuck back up and then do something with my fucking life and my dreams. Because of course, when I came back, I was like, should I even be in comedy? Should I even be doing what I'm doing? Like, is this the right path for me of life? And it always will be. This will always be my purpose. This will always be my life. This will always be what I want to do. And just because I failed there doesn't mean I'm like a failure. Like not at all. I got up and I actually made a change in my life because I wanted it. I went after something that I wanted because I know even let's say I didn't go to California. The urge in me would never have left. And like, I can't sit and live knowing that I want something so badly, but I'm not proactively going out there and getting it myself. Like, I'm not the type of person that can just sit and hold a dream inside me. I have to do whatever the fuck it takes to go after that dream and get that dream, even if it like almost kills me, which I will say like California low key almost did kill me because the depression was really bad after it. But like, I would rather have that than not chasing my dreams whatsoever. So no, I don't view it as I failed. I view it as it was a huge bump in the road. And I know there will be a day where I go back to California and I make it my bitch. So I'm a whole different person than I was when I went out there. And I still, I don't, I'm more New York, I would say now. I don't really lean more towards California and lean more towards New York. But I'm also so happy in Chicago right now that like moving is the last thing on my mind. But yeah, that's my little California story and how I did move to California and I was out there for a little while and then I did come back and I did fall into a deep depression. But I just, my biggest advice and my takeaway that I hope you guys take away from this is like, no matter what that dream is, go after it. And you might fail, but that won't stop you from getting back up and doing something about it if you really want to. So like, I'm still doing everything I love. I'm still doing my goals and my dreams and I'm pursuing those, achieving those motherfuckers. Actually, I'm achieving them. So yeah, like go and chase those things that you want. It might not work out, but there's always a lesson. It's either a blessing or a lesson. And that's with all things of life, honestly. But that's my California dream and episode. California loving West Coast, best coast. Ooh, I'm a Pinterest board. Now is the part of the episode where we have my midday matcha must-haves. Sorry, you guys, this new microphone, it looks like a microphone that you sing into, and it's just giving me vibes, like kind of like singing vibes. I kind of fucking love it. Okay, first midday matcha must-have. You're going to be like, bitch, are you serious? They're getting pathetic. Okay, it's a water bottle. If you don't have a 32-ounce water bottle that you're drinking four to six times a day to reach a gallon of water a day, what are you doing with your life? 
What are you doing with your life? Seriously, get it to fucking together. A water bottle has really helped my water intake. If you don't realize yourself drinking enough water, get a fucking water bottle. That, honest to God, low-key was a pathetic midday matcha must-have. But, like, maybe some of you don't have water bottles, and I just really recommend getting one. My water bottle is, like, a part of my personality. I take it with me everywhere. Like, always. I, like, always need my water bottle. Another midday matcha must-have is bubble tea. Woo-woo, woo-woo. You guys know what bubble tea is? Well, the tea I drink, I have boba in it, and I consider it bubble tea, and it's so fucking good. There's a place in Chicago called Tiamo. Tiamo. I always thought it was Tiamo because it's a tea place, and my best friend yesterday was like, no, you dumb bitch. It's Tiamo. I just really have super supportive people in my life. Um, but yeah, Tiamo, it's so good. They have really good milk teas. I get the milk tea or I get a fucking Thai iced tea. If you guys order Thai food and don't get a Thai iced tea, ugh, what are you doing with your life? But it's more like don't get it at night because you won't sleep because there's so much fucking caffeine. But like lunchtime, like a fucking Thai iced tea with some red curry. Oh, so good. I'm naming that as a mother, another midday matcha must have. Um, I didn't even mean to moan like that for you guys, but like, I guess it is what it is and that's okay. Enjoy the moans as well as, okay, another midday matcha must have. I'm giving you another restaurant recommendation from Livy is, oh my God, Purple Pig in Chicago. Holy fuck fucking shit it's so good you have to get the broccoli i'm sorry you have to get the broccoli our waiter i went saturday she came up to us and was like our broccoli is like world renowned people say it's the world renowned who's renowned i don't know her is the best broccoli in the world you fucking best believe it was the best broccoli in the goddamn world also their french fries it wasn't really on the menu but she was like i'll make it work because i saw some other people eating them and i was like i need it with tzatziki sauce holy shit it was so fucking good as well as the pork belly melting your fucking mouth it was honest to god amazing i like the whipped feta i had it as an appetizer oh my god it was so good and like one thing after the next was just so goddamn good Ooh, i really recommend it you guys that is it for this week's episode thank you guys for tuning in tuning in who am i what do you mean tuning in bitch thank you guys for listening if you guys want to get in contact with me you can email me at midday matcha two a's at the end of matcha at gmail.com as well as my personal instagram livy mave that's l-i-v-i-m-a-e-v-e as in mave um i don't know what my mother was on when she gave me that middle name it's also spelled like a little bit weirdly but whatever I post bad bitch quotes daily on Midday Matches Instagram. Honest to God, I really do. Like, I feel like you guys um, need them. I know I need them. I While I post them, I'm like, oh my God, I needed this today. You're probably like seeing a theme in posts of me being like, size doesn't matter. That's because it doesn't. And I feel like we all wrap ourselves up in too much on our appearances. And I think that's actually depressing as shit. And we should be a little bit more focused on what's on the inside of us. Okay, I'm ending the episode. I'm sorry. I know. But I just that's just something I feel really passionately about. It's like, we're all so concerned about what the outside of us looks like. It's like, but have we ever taken a check and looked on the inside? Like, 
how are our insides looking? I'm talking about our heart and our soul and our passions and our dreams and if we're nice to people, not how the fuck we look on the outside. You're like, Livy, that's so easy for you to say because you're honest to God, drop dead stunning and amazing. My looks are, okay, kidding. No, I'm not. But like also my looks, I always tell everybody, I'm like, if that's what attracts you, like that's what you think is my most valuable thing about me, like what the fuck? That's so insulting. Like it actually is truly insulting to me because I mean, I have a million other amazing qualities about me and it's like, if you think my fucking looks are the most important thing, what the fuck? Oh, I know. I just went off on a tangent. I know. I'm sorry. Whatever. Okay, guys, have an amazing weekend. I'm going to be going to museums this weekend and definitely having some brunches as well as some happy hours. I'm going to keep you guys updated with all of that on my Instagram. So go check out that Instagram. That's Livy Maeve that I'll be posting it on. Midday match, I won't. But have an amazing weekend. I want to see all of you guys out and about. Tag me in anything that you guys do that you've heard me recommend to you guys. I love hearing from you guys, seeing your tags, you guys doing what you do because I told you to do it. (laughs) Crazy. All right. I love every single one of you. Have an amazing weekend. I got to drink coffee.